You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. Luke chapter number two in your Bibles. Luke chapter number two, we begin reading in verse number one. Is there anyone in the room that would like the answers to life? Anybody like that here? Anybody in the room that is tired of the evil and bad news and hatred and calamity that we see every single day in America? Anybody, just raise your hand. You say, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like the answers to how to overcome all of that. Is anybody in the room that would love to see revival in America? Or how about revival in our own hearts? Amen. I know I would. The book has the answers. The book has the promises. The Bible says. And that's all that we need. Luke chapter number 2 in the Bible, we'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room, no room for them in the end. Read verse number one again with me, would you? And it came to pass in those days. 2,204 times this book right here. The Bible says it came to pass. It came to pass. The Bible doesn't say 2,204 times it came to stay. The Bible doesn't say that it came to destroy. The Bible doesn't say that it came to defeat. The Bible says... It came to pass. A phrase you're going to find more than all the other phrases. That single phrase over 2,000. I thought about trying to read a bunch of them. We don't have that time, do we? (laughs) It came to pass. It came to pass in the garden where Jesus prayed. As he was betrayed that night by Judas with the kiss of betrayal. It came to pass on the cross where he shed his sinless blood. So that you and I could truly be set free. It came to pass in the tomb when the stone was rolled in front of the door, when all death and hell seemed like it had gotten victory. It came to pass when he came out victorious and he lives today, not a dead God, but a God that hears and knows and wants to help and is calling for you and is choosing you and wants to save you. It came to pass. Let me tell you something this morning. It came to pass for you too. And God has a great truth right here in the scriptures That if you and I will grab a hold of and we'll just belly up to and we'll come to and we'll say, God, forgive me for not having faith in you. We will see our victory realized in our life because we will realize that God is saying to you and I, it came to pass. Father, I pray that you take this truth that we all need, a life-changing truth. Lord, this morning, March 4th, could be really a, a, a transforming day for many people in this room. All of us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It came to pass. Life is like a conveyor belt or one of those moving walkways in the airport. 
when you feel like you're standing, but life's still moving forward. The first thing that I want you to know this morning and never forget it is as we come to this text, and we're going to stay here and look around. I'm not just pulling that one phrase, but notice that it came to pass in those days. Do you see that? It didn't just come to pass. It came to pass in those days. There are going to be some days in your life that you're going to think will never come to pass. There are going to be times in your life that you'll feel like you'll never get over. There are going to be times in your life when you feel like that this is just the end of it all. This is the way that it is. This is the way that it is going to be. But my Bible says it came to pass. There are going to be some times in your life when you feel like nobody cares. And the darkness is going to be darker than you ever thought darkness could be. You're going to forget what it was like to feel light. And to feel the sunlight, uh, whether physically or just emotionally or in your spirit, upon your heart. Some of you are sitting here this morning you say, no, I'm fine. I'm okay and I'm happy about that. We ought to be happy in Jesus and victorious in Jesus. But man that is born of woman, and last time I checked, that's all of us. A few of days and full of troubles. He did not promise us a life uh, absent of troubles. He promised us his presence and his victory if only we have faith in him through the troubles. The Prince of Peace as was born in this chapter. Let me tell you something this book says, the Bible says, it came to pass in those days. And my heart breaks as I look out and I see so many people carrying burdens and going through those kind of days of life. The last two months have been really dark for my wife as she was expecting. Many of you are walking through very dark valleys and you know what it's like not to feel good. She hasn't felt good in so long as she's expecting and she broke her tailbone and threw her back out of place and then all kinds of stuff began to happen uh, over the past two months, a lot of which I wouldn't even tell you. But as she went over those two months and came near that nine months of the normal um, struggle of, of, of childbearing and then childbirth and the delivery and all of the anxiousness as you're preparing and going forward and five kids in the house and all of that, She got all kinds of sickness. And she cried and says, what am I doing wrong? How can I I get over this? And there was a bladder infection and two or three other infections that I wouldn't name. And there was two kidney stones that was worse than uh, childbearing. And then there was the low amniotic fluid, which brought some complications. And uh, there was uh, a bronchitis and uh, got the croup and two or three kids sick at the same time. And as we were coming up last week, It was two or three nights where it was all night long and I was kind of in a subconscious state trying to, you know, you know, you're half sleeping and half awake and she was just over there crying. And she says, I just don't think I can take it anymore. And my wife is so strong and she's obviously, I'm so proud of my wife, but she had just gotten to a dark place where it was hard and she has a happy spirit and a good spirit and she was a faithful wife and a good wife, but she was discouraged. I tried to encourage her, and then we came into Tuesday and Wednesday, which were just the culmination of all nine months. I mean, it was if it could fall apart, it was falling apart. She couldn't get out of bed, and I just didn't go to work, and I stayed home all day, and it was just one of those times. And I came home on Wednesday night, and uh, when I came in the house, I could tell she was in a lot of pain, and she said, I just want it to be over. I feel so terrible, and now her tailbone was hurting even worse. She said, something's changed down there. Well, I know what had changed, because at about 1130 
she woke me up and she said, we got to go. I mean, we've got to go now. And it was, it was really too late. And we rushed uh, to the Mercy Hospital in about Hills. She said, call 911 because it, it, this is it. And I mean, she was ready to have the baby. And we got to the hospital and they had to hold her off to get the doctor there. But it was still 31 minutes. I timed it from the time that we arrived uh, to the time that they handed a beautiful baby boy in her arms. And here's what she said. She said, in that moment, all I could think of, and she told me this right there in the delivery room, in that moment, all I could think of was the words to that song that was sang last Sunday morning. The darkness is past, the morning is bright, and I'm thankful. I mean, it was like night and day. She said, my tailbone doesn't hurt anymore, and it still doesn't. She said, all of the sickness, and it was just all gone. I've never seen a faster recovery. We went home the next day, and I mean, she could have gone home the next 20 minutes. She was smiling. It was over, and she kept saying it as we were there uh, for those 24 hours in the hospital. The darkness is past. The morning is bright, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I can't think of a better picture of somebody carrying a child, and, and the Bible does talk about the laboring and the hardness in childbirth and I really I'm sorry ladies but I thank God that I'm not a lady (laughs) look I ain't got no problem with all this nutty stuff that's going out there in the world these people are cuckoos wanting to be anyways but I can't think of a better picture as Mary and Joseph and we think of oh such a wonderful story a wonderful story she's great with child and she has to go to be taxed And Joseph doesn't understand, and he has a good mind to put her away. And then he says, I'll put her away privately so she's not stoned. She's pregnant. It's one of those days. Joseph doesn't understand, and she's trying to convince him, have faith in me, Joseph. I did not commit fornication. I did not cheat on you. I promise you. It was one of those days, and though she was surrendered, and though she was submitted, The darkness was there, but she kept trusting and then making that 90-mile journey, not in a Toyota as I did at 100 miles an hour, um, but the 90-mile journey on the back of a bouncy donkey. It's a time of taxing. It was a time of misunderstanding. It was a time of unknown. It was a time when nobody knew what was going to happen around the next corner. It was a time of no room. So they had gone to where those from the house and lineage of David would go. And that was the end. A lot of people think they're beaten on random doors, but there was no room for them in the end, this place where uh, they were trying to go, the house and lineage of David. And hey, I'm of the house, but there's no room for you. And maybe the word had spread that, you know, Joseph said that he was not the father of this child. And I don't know why they were not allowed to come in when he is of the house and lineage of King David, and this is Bethlehem, the, the city of who? David. So not only is it just no room in the end, there's no room relationally. And so they said, you, you go on out back, you, you go on out here where the, where the little lambs are being born. And all oh, a lamb was born that night. And I can hear the words, if I can put words in her mouth and just twist it a little bit, if I could. The darkness is past, the morning is bright, and I'm thankful. Or let's put it the way she put it. I will rejoice in God my 
Savior. The Bible says it came to pass. The darkest hour always comes before dawn. And I am here to tell you, as your pastor, as your friend, and more importantly, as someone who stands in the authority of the Word of God, it came to pass for you. Have faith. Look up. Think about this. They all walked away with nothing to say. They just lost their dearest friend. All that he said, and now he was dead. So this was the way it would end. The dreams they had dreamed were not what they'd seemed. Now he was dead and gone. The guard in the jail, the hammer, the nail. How could a night be so long? And you know the chorus. Then came the morning. Night turned into day. The stone was rolled away. Hope rose with the dawn. Then came the morning. Shadows vanished before the sun. Death had lost and life had won. For morning had come. Mary and Joseph experienced that as she pondered these things in her heart and then began to watch as this little baby grew and she saw that he had favor with God just as she had heard the message from the angel. Mary, thou hast found favor with God. Me, a handmaid of low estate from the little place of Nazareth, I have found favor with God. He said, yes. And you're going to bear a son. Oh, I have not known a man, she said. But God brings about the deliverance. And God brings about the miracle. And God brings about the day. And not only did the sun shine, the son of God shone in her heart. And there was brightness. And it came to pass. For you, it might be a day of discouragement or cancer. For you, it might be the impending news that it could be worse than you think. But let me just tell you something. It came to pass in those days came to pass in those days for Job when he thought it was all over and he had lost all of his children and all of his career, lost his life, it looked like boils upon his skin, but it came to pass. He was tried as gold, but the refiner's fire was good to him, and he came out on the other side, on the it-came-to-pass side, just okay. It came to pass in those days for Joseph when he was forsaken by his brethren, when he was lied about by Potiphar's wife when he was cast into pr prison, forgotten by those that he served. It came to pass in those days for David running from Saul and even for David when he had committed murder and committed uh, adultery. It came to pass when repentance came for David. It came to pass in those days for Daniel in the lion's den and for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. It came to pass as they faced the unknown, be it unto you, be, be, be it made known unto you, O king, that we will not bow, we will not bend, we'll burn if we have to. God says, I'll take care of you, and it'll come to pass. You know what the, the, the success of life is all about? It's surviving the quitting places. It's having revival in your heart and in your life and saying, though my emotions rage and though my mind says one thing, I'll bring it into captivity to the knowledge of God that this book has thousands of promises, over 3,000 promises explicitly written for me that it shall come to pass. So first of all, it came to pass in those days, and many of you are going through days or will go through days that you just cannot see forward. Don't sell the family farm, if you will. Don't turn your back on God or let roots of bitterness spring up. Don't let a chapter of your life determine the theme of your book. It came to pass in those days. Secondly, it came to pass for a reason. 
You can't can't help but read Luke 2 and see the reason. Matter of fact, that's why we miss the heartache of Mary and Joseph is because we're seeing the great reason that a deliverer was born, the Savior, Jesus, by name. But many times in our own personal experiences, we can miss the reason. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we what? Know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Job said, but he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I think about Joseph and his brethren when he was sold and hated uh, and sold into slavery. They wanted to murder him. All those years passed. Now his brothers are standing before him. Man, it's my favorite story in the Bible. I absolutely love it. How they, that great reveal, you know, because it's like that revenge story. But wait a minute. When Joseph could have taken revenge, he doesn't. Listen to what he says. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. This is Genesis chapter 50 and verse 18. If we want to jot it down and study it or look at it at home or review it. They said, behold, we be thy servants. They were afraid. It was a fear of this great Joseph that they had so wronged. And Joseph said unto them, fear not. Am I in the place of God? That's verse 20. Verse 19. Verse number 20 says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. I'm treading on some pretty dangerous ground to say this this morning because I haven't asked his permission, but last night in prayer meeting, Matt, you were there. There's maybe 10 of us guys were there. Dan Woodward, who's one of our pastors here, leads all the B ministries. He sat in the office and in prayer he cried and he said, Lord, facing a test tomorrow, as I know others in this room are, He said, I don't know what I'm going to find out tomorrow, but I'm asking you to help me. He's had cancer. He had surgery. And now waiting tomorrow to hear, is it still there? Is it gone? But wait a minute. As he prayed that prayer, I sat in the chair and I didn't say anything out loud. But I said, this came to pass for a purpose. For a reason. God has already used Dan Woodward in a way. And oh, just the, 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 the working in his heart. Those of you that are in a Sunday school class, you know. You see how God's working in his heart and doing things that only that could bring. You say, oh, God loves calamity. And God, no, he has good thoughts. An expected end. But a lot of times, because we don't have faith in that book, we don't make it through the surviving, the, the quitting places. We drive some nails that we never undo. We, we create some pain that was unnecessary by getting some bitterness or asking the wrong questions and saying, I'll never see my way out of it. No, God says it came to pass for a purpose. Think about my mother who's now in heaven. When she was in high school, she lost her mother and she lost all of her hair. She was only 16 and she was in a large high school, East Forsyth High School in Kernersville, North Carolina. And she was the cheerleader, the, the head of the cheerleading team, the cheer squad leader, whatever you call it. There's some name for it. And then there was the captain of the basketball team. And there was 1,500 students in this high school. And the captain of the basketball team, my wife was on fire for God, even though she was in a very, very liberal church that wasn't even preaching the gospel. Um, she had gotten saved and was starting to get on fire for God. She didn't know anything at all about God, but just trying to learn more about him. And the captain of the basketball team took notice in her. I mean, he was the star of the whole school. He was the best of the best. And she was elated, and there was their, their senior year, and they began to have a relationship there. And um, 
His name was Steve Robertson, by the way, Bobby Robertson's son. And he began to date her. This is year, my, my, my mom would be about 65 now, of course, many, many years ago. And he invited her to his church, which, is, which was a Bible preaching church, like you're listening to this morning. And he invited her to the church, and he went, went and would tell her dad about this church. So you need to get out of this church that denies the virgin birth, and their pastor did. That denied that the Bible was God's word, and their church did. But their church had been long time, long, long time. Uh, their family had been long, long time members of this, of this liberal church that didn't believe the Bible, didn't preach the virgin birth of Jesus, the deity of Christ, all of those things. And uh, so anyways... Steve Robertson said, would you at least listen to my dad on the radio on Sunday mornings? Well, my grandpa, Papa, as we called him, Dallas Norman, you'd have to know him. He was a very harsh kind of a guy outward, but he was really a teddy bear. But uh, I don't don't know, we have our church, you have, you know, you you do your thing, we'll do ours. But, you know, you can date my daughter, and that was it. And so he began to listen secretly to Steve Robertson's dad on the radio. and began to hear the truth, and the truth set him free. It wasn't long, he and his daughter, my mom, Diane Norman at that time, and their, my mom's two brothers, Keith and Ray, began to go to the Gospelite Baptist Church. She came to a teen class, and the teen teacher was a little dude by the name of Larry Brown. And my mom was in that class a senior year, and then they were thick dating. That's why she came to that church, because of Steve Robertson and uh, Diane Brown. And Steve Robertson went to Tennessee Temple University. And mom was heartbroken because her dad would not let her go. He said, you're not going to follow that boy. You're not going to chase after him. And so she went to Bob Jones University. And she was hoping to hold on to that relationship. And Steve Robertson got another girlfriend and dropped my mom. I was in line two weeks ago at Pastor Bobby Robertson's funeral in Walkertown, North Carolina. He'd been pastoring for 62 years. And in line, I came through, and there was Steve Robertson, and I had forgotten about that story. And he brought it up. He said, you know why you're here, don't you? I said, why? He said, because I dated your mama. I said, wait a minute. Mom would have never met dad. Are you following me? Had that experience not happened. And as something as simple as you might look as a young lady and a young man having some relationship problem, oh, heartbreak, I didn't get to marry who I wanted to, she thought, God says, I have a bigger and a better plan. It came to pass for a purpose, and mom got over that. She, hey, I'm telling you, she was glad and said many times, I hope Steve Robertson doesn't hear this, love you, brother Steve, but said many times, I'm glad I married Larry Brown. And by the way, I'm glad she did too. It came to pass for a reason. You're walking through a valley. Are you going to use it as a grave or are you going to use it as a stepping stone? And through God's help and God's word, you can use it. I don't care how black it is. It came to pass because of repentance. The Bible says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14 puts it best. Here's what the Bible says. Listen closely. The remedy to seeing it come to pass is this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You're saying, wait a minute. If I just repent, this sickness will go away. No, I'm talking about when you are living with guilt and condemnation, you know that you've done wrong and you're spiraling in the muck and mire of sin you can come as David did when Nathan the prophet pointed his finger in his face and said thou art the man you can choose to keep running or you can say my sin is ever before me against thee and thee only have I sinned O God and all the darkness passed and the morning was bright and David was thankful but so many times we don't follow the Proverbs of the Bible. This Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Last but not least, and I'll be done. It came to pass in those days. It came to pass because of faith. In Luke chapter number 1, if you just turn back one chapter to verse number 37 in our text here, looking at the story of Mary and Joseph and all the unknown bearing the Son of God The angel said in verse number 37 of Luke chapter number 1, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing. Verse 38 of Luke 1 says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. By the way, wait, before I read it, you want to know that the moment that Mary conceived the Son of God? You're reading it. You're reading it. And Mary, why? Because of free will of man. Thou hast found favor with God. Thou shalt conceive. You shall conceive when? When you allow me to do what I want to do in your life. Mary could have said no and rebelled as as so many in the Bible times did. And Mary said, verse 38, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. (gasps) And she was with child. Why? Because of faith. Faith is surrender. Say it out loud. Ready and go. Faith is surrender. One more time. Faith is is surrender it's surrender to the unknown as i heard of a great preacher being questioned about the bible and he didn't understand he was just a young man and he took that bible in southern california and laid it on a tree stump he was out in a meeting and he knelt down at the tree stump and he prayed this prayer god i don't understand it all lord i i don't have all the answers to the infallibility and the authority of your word but i am going to trust that this book is your word And I'm going to live my life by it. And God blessed in ways that could only be a God thing. Why? Because he surrendered. You can hold on through the storm if only you can trust. If only you'll say God has my best interest in his heart and in his mind. An art teacher gave an assignment. She said, children, I want you to go home and I want you to paint peace. Peace. That's it. That's that's all I'm going to tell you. You go home and paint peace, and you come back tomorrow morning, and we're going to judge and see who painted the best picture of peace. The next morning came, and the kids came bounding into class, and they were all excited over their pictures. The first one had drawn a beautiful picture of sunset, but somehow, some way, it just didn't picture peace because it was the closing of the day, and there had been many faults and many heartaches and many things wrong happened that day. The next had painted a picture of sunrise, but somehow it didn't capture peace because sunrise meant another day of heartache and trial for some. And they all went down through their different uh, pictures of peace, and one little girl had a picture of a mountain in a storm. 
The trees were bent over and it looked dark and you could tell the wind was blowing and the rain was pelting and it was a a dark, uh, uh, traumatic picture. And the teacher looked at it and she kind of chuckled awkwardly and said, do you mock me? She said, no, teacher, get your magnifying glass. Teacher got the magnifying glass and bent over and began to look real, real close to the side of that mountain, the cliff there. And in the little ledge, a little cleft in the rock, was a small little bird in a nest, and the bird was chirping. Because out from under that cliff, uh, cleft, out from under that little cave, the storm was raging, but in the midst of the storm, there was peace. Why? Because she knew she was safe in the shelter of the rock. It came to pass. Why? Because of faith. And we can enact the mighty moving, that moving walkway kind of conveyor belt of life when we say, God, I trust you. And he says, thank you. That's all that I wanted is that my way is better than your ways and that I'm going to take care of you. And though you're going to cry some tears and there's going to be some scared nights, trust and obey. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my life in vain. I'm tempted then to murmur and of my lot complain. But when I think of Jesus and all he's done for me, then I cry, O rock of ages, hide thou me. O rock of ages, hide thou me. No other refuge have I but thee. When life's dark veil I wander far, far from thee, then I cry, O rock of ages, hide thou me. Sometimes it seems I dare not go one step farther on. And from my heart all courage has disappeared and gone. But I remember Jesus and all his love for me. Then I cry, O rock of ages, hide thou me. Oh, what a friend is Jesus, sure anchor for my soul. So tender, true, and gracious, I'm safe in his control. My help in time of danger, my strong defense is he. O thou blessed rock of ages, hide thou me. There are people in this room, and you will live in darkness the rest of your life. You'll live in heartache and turmoil and you will have a God-sized hole in your life. Why? Because you have not come to the place of full faith and trust that God is choosing, God is calling, God is drawing and saying, I want you to 100% commit your life to me. I want you to turn your back on everything and I want you to give your life to me this morning. There's people in this room that haven't done that. There's people in this room that have given part of your life to Jesus. You've held on to your good works, hopefully outweighing your bad. You've held on to your church or some baptism or some Christian experience or some human reasoning. But you have not turned your back on sin. That's repentance. Turn your back on self. That's humility. Turn your back on everything else and said, Jesus, 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 I receive you and you alone 100%. I'm asking you to forgive me and to save me. Let me tell you something, the darkness is not going to pass until you come into contact with the light. Jesus is calling. He wants you to know beyond a shadow of any doubt that heaven is your home. And you can sit in a church like this on a Sunday morning, an exciting church, and a vibrant church, and a going and an outreach church, and you can sit here and walk out with darkness and wonder why you don't have the answers to life because you don't have Jesus Christ. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Let me just say again this morning, the darkness is past, the morning is bright, and I'm thankful. Why? Because Jesus Christ came out of that tomb. 
He's calling you. He wants you to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And it's time this morning that somebody says, I'm going to commit my life to Christ. It's time this morning that somebody said, I'm going to, I'm going to trust Jesus Christ and him alone. I'm going to turn from my sins. I'm going to turn from myself. I'm going to turn from my human reasoning. And I'm going to ask Jesus Christ to save me. There's a broken heart in this room that needs to say, I'm going to hold on to the promises of God. The darkness is past and the morning is bright and I'm thankful. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what darkness is around the corner, but I know who is the light. Is there somebody in the room this morning and you say, I don't know of a time in my life where I 100% gave my life to Jesus Christ and asked him to be my savior. And I want you to pray for me. If I were to die today, I don't have that assurance that heaven is my home because I've not committed my life 100% to Jesus Christ. No one looking around. One is already stepping forward. Please don't look around. Give this individual privacy. But how about many more across the room from the left to the right and the front to the back with somebody in privacy just with our prayer team looking and myself say, pray for me. I've never asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior and fully accepted him and trusted him 100%. Would you pray for me? That's me. You're talking about me. Would you put your hand into the air and I'll see that hand. Just slip it up very, very quickly and I'll see it. You can just slip your hand up and put it back down and I'm looking from the left to the right I'm looking all over the auditorium I'll see you if you just slip it up anybody like that if I were to die today I'm not 100% sure that I'd go to heaven so let me ask the opposite of the question do you know that you're saved that Jesus washed your sins away that day you placed your faith and trust in him you know it would you raise your hand and say that's me pastor I'm saved and I know it if you you can put your hands down if you couldn't raise your hand say I don't even know what that means I think that's just a bunch of religion talk. Hey, let me tell you something. Christianity is not about religion. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come to know the Savior this morning. With your heads bowed and eyes closed and you say, God spoke to my heart. Pastor, I need you to pray for me this morning. I'm going to try to look across the room as fast as I can and see you. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Do you want that prayer? Right, right here and now. Pastor, I needed that message. I'm in one of those days maybe. Or I've been in one of those days. And it might not be cancer. And it might not be sickness. It might be financial. It might be marital. It might just be my old black heart. It came to pass. Pastor, I needed that. And I want you to pray for me right now. Hands going up all across the auditorium. Raise them up. Raise them up. Let God see them. He knows. Hey, he likes action. He likes it. Thank you. I saw many, many, many hands. Would you stand to your feet? Here's what I'd love for you to do. You might not be in the custom of bowing the knee. And if you're not able, I understand. But if you could come and bow the knee, if you raised your hand, it would do your heart good. I'm going to stand down here and I'm going to pray for you. Many are coming. Would you step out? Just come and bow the knee. Don't look around and worry if somebody else is coming. It'll just, it'll do you good. Hey, listen, you don't have to go to Dr. Phil. You can come to Jesus Christ and bend the knee and say, God, I'm hurting. God, I need your help. And whoever comes to this altar, I'm going to pray over them. Look, it's not my power, but it's the power of Almighty God. And by the way, I'm going to pray for you even if you can't come to the altar. I understand that. Some people are uncomfortable doing that, and that's completely fine. We have a prayer team here. Abe Kane and Brenda Hammes and Jeff Hammes are down here, and they're ready to pray for you. If you just raise your hand and get our attention, we'll do it discreetly. Now, Father, there are people kneeling at this altar right now, and you know what is on their hearts. You know the struggles that they're going through. You know the heartaches and for some, it's physical. For others, it's emotional. For others, it might be a black heart of sin. They just are not willing yet to lay down. God, I pray that you would please, oh, Father, please. 
answer these prayers and the darkness, Lord, is in their heart right now. Please bring brightness. May the sun shine again in their heart. Then came the morning, Lord, as the stone was rolled away. Lord, I pray for that soul that's nearest hell that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. I pray that they would not walk out of this room and face death and then hell because they did not trust Jesus Christ and him alone. I pray for that person at the altar here who's broken and hurting and needs healing. Would you heal them right now? God, I pray in the power of Jesus' name. I pray for full and complete help and healing. Lord, I pray for that one that needs to come and be baptized. Follow the Lord in believers' baptism, taking that next step. I pray for that one that needs to determine to be faithful to God's house where the word of God is open and preached. I pray for that one that needs to be a good daddy to their children, a good mama to their children, a good husband or a good wife, spiritual, walking in the ways of the Lord. It came to pass in those days. It came to pass for a purpose. It came to pass because of repentance of us turning from self and from sin into an almighty God, and it came to pass because of faith. Somebody's got to believe. Somebody's got to step out and say, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Peter stepped out of the boat and said, God, I'll come to you. And when he kept his eyes on him, he stayed up. When he took his eyes off of him, he went down. And that's the story of our lives. They're playing old rock of ages. Hide thou me. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this place. I do pray that you would continue to work and move. I pray that you speak to hearts as I believe you've done.